Hi, I'm Angie, and you're listening to Chatting with Asians. Ready for a burst of positive, optimistic energy? Meet Tiffany Porter. She's a screenwriter and secretary of the Phil Am Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood. This worldly woman has lived in the Philippines, Abu Dhabi, and California while growing up watching classic films. She shares her pep talk for those wanting to pursue filmmaking and how she gets out of her funk. She's such a sweetheart and super active in the community, so I'm really happy to introduce her to the show. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Angie. Thanks so much for having me today. No, no. Thank you for being on the show. Um, You've lived in not just one or two cities, but three different cities in three different continents, too. Yes. (laughs) Busy. I mean, how has that shaped you to be the woman you are today? I'd say that I was born in Manila, and I spent my childhood in Abu Dhabi, and then I basically adapted to, you know, the American culture shock in San Diego. Um, I'm so grateful and blessed that every chapter of my life brought me to not just experience each environment, but to see the best in every atmosphere. And um, I really don't take any city or place I've been in for granted because I know that everything that I've overcome and everyone I've met has led me to today. And, you know, at least in my experience, I feel like each city definitely has a very distinct personality or characteristic. So, you know, for yourself, if you could describe each home city in one word, what would they be and why? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd start off with Manila. I was born in Quezon City in Manila. Um, I would describe it as my roots because I do call myself a city girl at heart. And Manila, especially today, it's such a vibrant, bustling city where everything happens. And, and then I grew up, I spent my childhood in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. I'd say that Abu Dhabi is my foundation because It was in that melting pot that I came to fall in love with culture and people beyond what I typically know. And actually, it's also the sister city of Manhattan. So Abu Dhabi is also a big city today. And San Diego, I moved to San Diego in 2003 with my family. And compared to Manila and Abu Dhabi, I'd say that it's more so quiet. But I'd call San Diego my shelter because that's where I endured culture shock, teen angst, and I was exploring like my purpose um, before I came to Los Angeles for college. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, the fact that you've been able to experience so many different cultures, um, so many different environments in such a short amount of time, I'm sure that must have helped you grow as a person too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, right now you're based in LA and you're kind of working on a lot of creative projects, um, you know, especially as a writer and a producer. What inspired you to pursue film as a career? My dad is my hero. (laughs) Um, When I was in Abu Dhabi and at a time when my mom had my youngest sister as a newborn baby and she had this like hyperactive toddler, which is me. um, (laughs) Funny enough, the best way to get me to calm down is when my dad would put a laser disc into the TV system. And whenever the movie Sing in the Rain or a Disney classic or the Nutcracker would come up, I would be mesmerized. And for a toddler that was, you know, growing up in a melting pot, um, like Abu Dhabi, Singing in the Rain, for instance, and the movies were just my first, uh, my general introduction to the career and the industry. And it funny enough, um, when I was early in college, 
there was a point where I was nervous to confess to my parents that I wanted to switch from an anthropology to a film major. I was really terrified. But when I told them, they got quiet. And then my dad looked up my mom with a smirk and said, see, I told you she'd get to it. Oh, man. And and your parents sound like they were really supportive of you kind of switching your major and then, you know, transitioning into this as like a career choice. Yes, um, they both been incredibly supportive of me and my sister, because my sister, she's also an artist and she's a wonderful uh, painter and sketch artist. But my parents have always believed that if we are to choose something that we'd like to do, we might as well, you know, go after something that drives us to get out of bed every morning. So I'm grateful. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's amazing. What are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Oh, um, early in my college years, I joined um, Hit Record. It's an open collaborative company that was founded by the actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, the platform, it's still creating projects today. Um, it's known for creating all kinds of projects from all kinds of mediums. At one point, we had a TV show called Record on TV. It's a collaborative storytelling series that celebrated universal themes throughout a lot of stories and interpretations. And I was able to contribute some writings and uh, contribute some footage. And it was also a wonderful platform with networks. And I got to meet a lot of artists from not just, you know, in my area, not just in California, but all kinds of artists around the world. And wonderful enough, um, back in 2015, um, this uh, collaborative TV show won an Emmy. And um, that was a wonderful kickoff. That was one of my favorite projects to this day. Oh, that's amazing. So, you know, as someone who's creative, but also... Um, kind of like specifically an Asian creative, why did you choose film over other mediums? My heart is with film. And I think it does um, go back to when my dad would try to uh, keep me seated and quiet um, back when I was a toddler. And I was just so mesmerized by the power of storytelling in film. Um, I know that with film, it has the power to unite audiences, to move ideas, and to materialize a story. Um, and to immortalize, if you will, stories that deserve to be heard. Um, And also the process of filmmaking. um, I love that it's collaborative and fascinating and it takes a village to accomplish. No film two productions are the same. You meet all kinds of people along the journey. And as a history nerd myself, one of my favorite history niches is Hollywood history. So I I love learning about the beginnings of the system, also the prejudices and the the obstacles and uh, learning about everything from the past and present, I do believe um, will become tools uh, to pursue successful film career for the future. Yeah, that's amazing. I think the Hollywood history is, like you said, kind of like a niche part of American history, but it's so important to our culture. Yes. Yeah. For you personally, what are your top three movies and why? <laughs> that is a suicidal question, but I love it. <laughs> um, off the bat, I'd have, I'd have to say Singing in the Rain is first off my all-time favorite. Um, it's a classic MGM musical that was led by the incomparable Gene Kelly, who was actually my very first film crush. <laughs> um, this film introduced the glamour, the grit, and the journey of the film industry. And I'm pretty sure I've watched it thousands of times. <laughs> um, secondly, my uh, favorite film is Roman Holiday. Um, it was actually Audrey Hepburn's first ever film when nobody knew who she was. And she won the Best Actress Oscar for it in 1953, 54. 
Um, that's actually my personal Audrey Hepburn film favorite. And then lastly, I think I'd have to break your top three rule. I'm sorry, but it's a tie between The Graduate and Populaire. The Graduate is an iconic homage to like the 20-something post-grad identity conflict that everyone endures sometime in their life. And the Simon and Garfunkel um, soundtrack is just timeless. And Populaire is actually a, also a favorite of mine. Um, it's a dreamy French film about a Cinderella story of a small town girl who becomes the fastest typist in the world. And it's set in 1950s France. Like I love, I love um, the aesthetic of the 1950s. I feel like that's, those are the kinds of stories I'm also naturally drawn to. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I'm I'm such a huge fan of like old Hollywood glamour myself. Um, you know, personally, I don't think I've heard of Populaire, so I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, um, it actually came out back in 2012. But um, if you're a huge fan of the 1950s, like fashion era aesthetic, um, you should watch it and uh, let me know your thoughts. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I definitely love the fashion of like the 1950s, like yes. Hollywood glamour. Um, you know, I, I sometimes wish I could dress up that nice every day, but I know people would give me weird looks on the street. Or you can go to Dapper Day in Disneyland. You've heard of Dapper Day, right? I have, and I've always wanted to participate in it, but it, have you been before? I've been a couple of times and, um, sadly not recently, but, um, it's nice and it's so beautiful to walk around and see everybody dressed up. It just truly feels like you're in that era and everyone's yeah. so nice. Yeah. And I know back then, I think even in the 1950s, Disneyland used to have like couples nights. I yes. think for high schoolers and, you know, anyone. Yeah. So you could go to Disneyland with your with your bow or your crush yes. and dress up and dance. And I think it's adorable that we're bringing that back to Disneyland a little bit. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of moving away from Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> I know you're also very involved in in your own community. Um, recently, as secretary of the Phil Am Chamber of Commerce Hollywood, is that right? Yes. <laughs> How has that role been for you? I accepted the position in November 2018, like in a heartbeat. Um, straight out of graduating university back in May 2018, um, I majored in screenwriting, but I knew that my next step would be to become involved in the community of Filipino Americans in Hollywood. And there's a lot, like there's actually a lot of Filipino Americans that are involved in all facets of the industry. It's just not as put forward, but um, there's so much to learn from the marriage of business and creativity in filmmaking. By far, I am the youngest on the board, and I find that a blessing because there's just so many leaders to learn from and build relationships with. And um, we actually have a few networking mixers and events and workshops coming up because I know that this year, uh, the Chamber of Commerce is looking to expand even further and to connect everybody. Um, one of the mission statements of the Filipino American Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood is to bridge the gap. And by bridging the gap, we mean bridging the gap between generations of um, experience like Filipino American business people and filmmakers and also young creatives who I know are hungry and there's a lot of us today. And also, you know, like bridging the gap between Filipino Americans and Filipinos and other um, areas of the nation and also other Chamber of Commerces. Um, there's actually a few events that are coming up. So on February 15, um, the Chamber of Commerce will be presenting a Filipino American Symphony Orchestra 
um, at a franchise and retail trade conference gala for um, the coalition of the Filipino American Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood. I mean, uh, Chamber of Commerce. And then on the 23rd of February, um, there's going to be a networking event at the Brewyard Beer Company in Glendale with somebody called the Ninong of Hollywood. Ninong means godfather. And um, a very well-respected gentleman, his name is Ted Benito. He's actually the executive director of the Apple Diap Foundation. And uh, lastly, um, on the website for the Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood, which is called uh, FACHollywood.org, we also have an e-magazine, which is called Abe. And uh, it stands for Arts, Business, Entertainment. And it's managed by the Chamber of Commerce uh, Vice President, Editor-in-Chief. Anyone can su subscribe to the Chamber of Commerce um, website magazine form. And the wonderful thing about the e-magazine is that it is possibly, I think it is the first ever and only of its kind of magazine that focuses on Filipino-American entertainment news. So highlighting the Filipino-American actors or anyone, um, you know, like breaking a barrier or uh, setting their foot forward in the industry, this is like your go-to news source. So those are just a few things that um, the Chamber of Commerce has in store and has been planning. And um, I am so excited for this year and all the things to follow. Oh, that's amazing. And I think I think it's wonderful that you're so involved in, in not only the creative arts, but also um, the Filipino community, especially in Hollywood, right? Because representation is, is so important to all of us, really, in the minorities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know... For you and I, you know, we've talked about Asian representation on the screen. We're huge advocates for it. What are your feelings about kind of the current representation of Asians, like on YouTube versus on TV versus on movies? Um, I have to say that now is a really fascinating time because um, for the first time in a while, actually, I know that a few years ago, for instance, um, I forgot which Oscars, but there was one Oscars year where, did you recall the hashtag called hashtag Oscars so white? Yeah, yeah I do. I think that was maybe two, three years ago, but I, but I do remember it. Yeah, and I remember it at the time, it was more so of like a, just a nod to, wow, like there's not that much diversity going on. But over time, I started to see this gradual movement and um, from YouTube to television to the movies, we are definitely on a roll. There is a movement happening beyond individual YouTube channels and Asian creatives. It's been a long time coming, but I'm so happy to say that we are just getting started and we will prosper in a multitude of influence. Um, just like the process of filmmaking, I believe it does take a village to accomplish great things. And um, I know that this is a time for everyone to come together and manifest a community for platforms and create opportunities to deliver stories for younger generations of Asians to look at the screen and think, wow, my story matters. Like I deserve to be seen and I can be heard. And um, I know that on YouTube, there's been um, a network of Filipino uh, YouTube artists that have been around for a while. And then I know that, for instance, on TV, you're seeing slowly but surely more uh, Filipino Americans and like supporting 
roles and you see their faces across Netflix or Hulu, Amazon. And then with movies, um, there's more, uh, there are more people that are coming up. And you know, that's one of the, one of the best things that I noticed. It's a quirk. I love whenever I go to a Filipino family party or I'm talking to my parents or, or somebody and they say, Oh, did you see this movie? There's a Filipino in there. Like what? Like I've always noticed, like there are bits and pieces of acknowledgement like that and in you know everyday conversations and i love that because it's showing that yes there are actually lots of filipino americans in the industry but we are as a whole um we are coming together and bringing forth that we all deserve to be heard we all deserve to be seen and it's a very exciting time but i know that to move forward and have successful asian representation um we all have to come together as a team and as you know looking forward to help each other out and so in this case i'm so happy <laughs> that uh i got to meet you angie and um i'm excited to be a fellow advocate alongside you <laughs> yeah yeah and i think you're definitely spot on in terms of you know, that we, it takes a village in order to make these kinds of strides, right? In order to make these kinds of, kinds of landmark events for Asian representation, especially in media. Um, so obviously, I'm also very happy to have met you. And, you know, to really collaborate together, not only on this podcast episode, but, you know, in the future, just to like, connect and, and get to know each other better. You know, you're based in LA, I'm based in San Francisco, but we can definitely make this work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And so the last question I really have for you is, you know, this podcast is really focused on helping to bring awareness about unconventional careers, um, especially for younger Asian Americans. So would you have any advice for any Asian Americans who want to be more involved in the film industry, um, but, you know, maybe are facing moments of self-doubt or pressures from parents or family to do otherwise? That is such a wonderful question. I've actually was thinking about this and I thought, huh, like if I was able to talk to my younger self or, you know, a friend that was doubting or at a crossroads, um, the first memory that came to mind when I came across this question, I wanted to share with you quickly. Um, around 2015, when I transferred to Cal State Northridge to pursue uh, my film major with a screenwriting emphasis, somebody, um, an older man from a different generation, um, he asked me about my goals and I said, oh, I'm gonna do screenwriting. He laughed at me and you know what he said? He said, you are trying to do a man's job. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, as an immigrant girl who never fit in anywhere, who strived to stand out and probably I'm young, scrappy and hungry, like a beloved American father that Lin-Manuel Miranda like referenced in Broadway. I love that musical. <laughs> um, I believe that everybody was placed here for a calling to serve others, even if you don't know what you want to do yet. You know, life is short. So I know that what sets you apart from every actor in the audition room and what sets you apart from every other student's college application is you. I believe that your story, your identity, your struggles, your value are worth the journey. Um, there have been days, I have to admit, where I would ask myself, like, is this all worth it? Like, why am I not pursuing something easier or something more structured? But I just know that by the end of the day, I ask myself, um, how bad do I want this? And if I know that I can answer, it's not enough, like, I know I want more, then I know that I still have the hunger to get up the next day and still keep pushing. Um, 
at this time, I know that for Asian Americans that are questioning, you know, at a crossroads between what's familiar or like what's culturally acceptable versus like what's, you know, considered rebellious or like the unknown, you aren't alone. I do believe that there are many, many, many fellow Asian Americans who are going through this as well. We are all battling the same obstacles, but I do encourage somebody who is still questioning um, whether or not they want to pursue the film industry, um, reach out beyond all that you know. You'll find out that you are actually part of a wonderful, phenomenal, revolutionary movement to immortalize our stories onto film history. But it actually starts with you. It starts with how are you going to write your story here or not? But I do believe that the best to come begins now. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's such a powerful message. And you're absolutely right. I think when I was in high school, I didn't have the internet the way it was today. Um, yeah. There's so many online communities that are not creepy. <laughs> you know, yeah. they are actually <laughs> people with, with very real problems. And and you you'll find that there's not just communities out there, you'll find that there are people who are going through such similar things, whether or not you're going through, you know, issues related to being Asian American or not. Um, but you're right in that it really has to start with you making the effort to just Google and research a little bit because, you know, yeah. communities are out there for sure. And also, um, no matter where you are, like there, you can create your own opportunities too, like to build your networks and uh, talk to people, like develop your relationships. Because um, unfortunately, I know that's particularly for the Asian American niche. We have a long way to go, but we are just getting started. That's the exciting part about building your own career, building yourself today and along this time, because. Um, by the end of the day, like everybody that considers himself an Asian creative that wants to contribute in the bigger picture, we are actually still writing history. And that's the exciting thing. Um, I do believe that there are resources out there. Unfortunately, there is still limited access, but that's why um, organizations, communities, um, groups just like you know, the Philippine American Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood are looking to bridge the gap and to provide access in what is generally known as limited access or limited resources. There's always a lot to learn out there. And there's always people to meet there. And that's the exciting thing of just discovering and you know, um, constantly figuring things out as you go. Yeah, definitely a fantastic message. Well, thank you so much for your time and, and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me, Angie. Like I've said to you before, um, I think it's a wonderful thing that you are having this podcast platform because you yourself, you're also creating a community here and slowly but surely you are actually connecting everyone into a greater picture. So thank you so much for hosting this. You are going to do so much, so many great things. And I'm so honored that I got to join you. So thank you for having me. Oh, no, of course. I'm so happy that you got to join. And yeah, very, very happy that we got to collaborate. Thank you. <laughs>